0: joining Ryan Sweeney, the View from the Skies Military Transition Podcast, on the latest episode. Please take a moment, when you have the opportunity, to visit my website, www.viewfromtheskies.weebly.com. That's W-E-E-B-L-Y. There you can find my blog. You can find links to the podcast. You You can peruse the leadership side of the house for the blog and the podcast as well, find statistics. Uh, make, uh, make connections there. Uh, and then uh, y- you'll see uh, future vlog posts as I'm getting ready to, to launch my uh, vlog on YouTube as well. So all the links and connections, kind of the home base of a site. Uh, you can also follow me on and uh, uh, connect with me on LinkedIn, always looking for the opportunity to interview uh, more people, talk about stories, lessons learned, uh, talk about their MOS's, talk about uh, companies, open positions, corporate culture, so on and so forth. Uh, you can follow me on Twitter at sweeney 315 you can follow me on Instagram, RPSNY315 as well. So. Please take the opportunity to leave some feedback on the website. Uh, you can leave, leave me a voicemail on www.anchor.fm slash ryan-sweeney. And uh, you can also make donations there. You can make donations on the site. And then uh, if you're listening to this on the Apple podcast, please leave a review as well. Um, trying, to, trying to grow this and make this better, especially for the military transitioners and veterans out there uh, to help bridge that communication gap. Uh, between between the corporate uh, corporate world and between the between the military and those those communications and translate those skills for everybody. So uh, again, uh, visit the website, leave a review, uh, donate if you can. Thank you. Today the topic we're going to discuss is production control material planning, really skills required for fulfillment leadership, fulfillment operations. And and I'll use this uh, because my current position uh, with GE Aviation is a production control materials planner in the fulfillment side of the house for the supply chain. Uh, And and There will be some technical skills here that that you might not be able to have, Uh, number one thing that comes off my head coming out of the military is familiar with ERP systems like Oracle or SAP, uh, you're not going to use that planning in the military, but it's something that's pretty easy to pick up and pretty easy to learn. So rather than that, I'm going to so- focus on some of these other both soft and hard skills that that translate from the military uh, right into a production control material planning slash fulfillment skills role, if you're interested in that. It, Stepping out of the military, and then for those who work in supply chain operations who are looking to f- fill some of these positions, I think there's a great opportunity. I'll highlight some of these uh, potential candidates that you could look at that are coming out of the military. Lay up, lay up, lay up, high, ho, locked and low. Lock. So in the fulfillment skill set for those getting out of the military uh, and those looking to acquire some military talent personnel, uh, where I see the first match is ability to influence. See, being a fulfillment leader working in production control is, is not necessarily being the production control um, maintainers in the unit whether you're in a transportation unit an aviation unit you think about uh, you know working working maintenance working those aircraft that need to come down so you can stay operationally ready but production control and the supply chain side of the house fulfillment is more like being a battle captain it's more about seeing the big picture and connecting the big picture the strategic level with the operational level you need to get the right information quick and as soon as possible, and you need to influence all the key players. Um, You know, so when I was in Afghanistan, before I get into, a little bit deeper into influencing, you know, as a battle captain, uh, I I had to work with a few different ground units, uh, one that I was directly attached to and others that we supported, and I had to coordinate lift support and attack support when it came to aviation assets. And I had to uh, also had numerous missions that I had to support. So I had to gain information, work with individuals, pull out pull out details, find out which customer I needed to support, which customer had priority, how to give them the right resourcing that's needed. Meanwhile, I was really in charge of, of nothing. There was air mission commanders out flying. There was company commanders who led the aviation units, the ground units, the transportation units, and so on and so forth. So I, and then I had the, the ground unit that I directly worked for but then I had my own chain of command that that you know needed to support uh, operations through through the aviation brigade rather than the ground brigade so uh, a lot of influencing involved so you you pull that over to the production control side of the house and for somebody like myself I mean I work with suppliers I work with uh vendors outside vendors and I work with customers and then I work with our supervisors uh, on the floor. So I need to make sure that ultimately I'm supporting my customers, um, which, which I have multiple customers that compete with each other as well. Um, but I, I ultimately I'm trying to figure out their needs, their priorities, trying to get that communication piece down to the line uh, so, so the right parts are ran uh, by, by the right time and, and based on customer need and customer priority. And then I have to influence my vendors and coordinate, communicate with them to make sure they're running the right right priority and and escalating it if necessary. And then through the supplier as well. Uh, so, so make sure that they're getting the the planning and the long-range hardware that's necessary and, and pushing the right buttons when the right buttons need to be pushed. So a lot of influencing that goes through there. And that's bullet point number one ability to influence and you're going to see this how it ties into some of the other some of the other things that are uh, bullets that i already mentioned Uh, but but that ability to go out and and influence individuals um, and influence organizations is going to be key to your success all right the next bullet i want to talk about um, that, that i hit on there was communication so yeah, absolutely. You need to know your customers' needs, um, but but often, you know, especially in a big big organization like this, you know, needs are changing, and a lot of information um, and a lot of things are happening, uh, you know, fast. And, and that and that's why it's great to have somebody who's in the military, especially somebody who's been deployed. Uh, the, the battlefield situation changes rapidly sometimes, so you need to be able to identify both. When I say communication, it's both sending and receiving. You need to be able to monitor communication, uh, understand subtleties, read through, uh, whether it's written, whether it's verbal, and, and then take that information, process it, and then pass it on to the, to the next individual who needs that information in a timely manner. So, again, just like being a battle captain out in, in Afghanistan, I have a certain amount of ground units. I'm, I'm, I got on I got attack. I got attack, I got lift. And I'm trying to monitor chat windows, pick up the the phone, call people, listen to radios, and trying to figure out what the next potential need is based off of the original plan and if things need to change. And then I'm trying to put the crews that are in the best position possible to go ahead and accomplish that mission. Uh, So I have to communicate with them, hey, they they might... they might not have enough fuel to to you know adjust the mission they might need to go refuel so is that crew right even though they're closer to to the operation so there's a lot of other ins and outs that need that need to be uh, thought through and that takes clear concise effective communication through through every channel possible and that's bullet point number two communication communication i think is the key to any leadership Uh, position and it's it's a soft skill uh, certainly but it's something that's vital if you can go out and and brief well uh, you're gonna you're gonna look good in front of an organization if you can be firm in what you're saying and understand what you're saying and and show you you have the knowledge and that you know you've tracked the parts you've read through the analytics you know what you're saying and you clearly can can articulate that and you understand on the reverse side you've received that information you understand it then then everybody's going to trust you and that ability to quickly move and maneuver and just fire and make changes is going to be vital to an organization and i think military members bring that to to supply chain because a lot of us have done that you know in battle whether you're whether you're a logistician or whether you're a combat engineer or you know or an aviator so the next bullet I, you know I talked about I, I just hit on there was ability to either track or have or really have a photographic memory. So uh and and I don't think many people have a photographic memory and in, in my case I mean I have a I have a pretty good memory um but I but I write a lot of things down and I track a lot of things and I and I manage over 50 parts. Uh so is as, as good as photographic memory as I have it's it's kind of short term it doesn't I can't manage all that information long term so I had to develop a tracking method and that's one of the first things I did when I when I moved into my role was how to what information did the key stakeholders need and built everything that I needed on, a, on basically a one-page tracker uh, it's not the way but it's a way it's something that works for me so the ability to organize your thoughts or, or either have that photographic memory is something that comes in key to play when it comes to production control and material planning and again i go back to the the army aviator uh, and why they're such you know effective person uh that that could translate to fulfillment operations because often they they have that photographic memory so to speak uh, you know because it's it's hard to write a lot of things down. You know, you only have a kneeboard that's so big and you're flying and you're trying to be situationally aware, and especially when you're in a, a Hilo. you're low to the ground, so you can't take your eyes off of, off of the, you know, your flight path very long. So you need to have that photographic memory, so to speak. And I think that's where aviators bring that to the table. But, but all combat operations, or all, most operations in general the military, have the tracking me- mechanism, you know, they, they have Excel uh, trackers, they, they're used to using Blue Force Tracker, uh, and have some sort of rhythm and battle to track all the operations that are ongoing throughout throughout their area of operations. So uh, that, that mechanism, that, that's something that, um, regardless of the branch of service, if you've served in operations, you, you're pretty f- familiar at being able to and have an ability to track. So that's bullet point number three. Uh, you know, photographic memory if you have it, but really the ability to organize your thoughts and track it, uh, so you can push-pull that information. Talk about in the communication piece that, you know, analyze it, push-pull it as fast as possible, so you get it to the right person at the right time. So that brings me to the the next point that somebody brings to the table, and that's and that's data analytics. So. Uh, and that 's really data analytics to drive decision making and um, you know when you 're in the in the military, you might not think you work a lot with data analytics, but you do uh, we It ties into those trackers um, that individuals built and, and it' it's, it's the the pivot tables, the Excel trackers, the timelines, the planning mechanisms that you use in excel that 's the technical skill. Uh, that that anybody who's worked in any S three shop, which is an operation shop, brings to the table, uh, and that's all. That's all keyed around to making making the right decision at the right time, whether to adjust fire, whether to whether to move from this route to that route. Uh, it, it's all built in the planning process. Uh, but at the same time, we're also tracking data, we're tracking analytics, we're trying to trying to look at what the enemy is bringing to the table. Uh, and, and often that causes us to, to adjust fire so um, you know oh, off of that original plan. So now you, you have your original plan of data and why you're doing what you're doing but then you're constantly ongoing tracking other information uh, and other data that, that the enemy is bringing to the table which is causing you to adjust fire so that technical skill to use Excel but also that ability to constantly track data and track analytics to make You know to drive uh, the most sound decision because the decisions that that we're making in the military are costing people's lives so um, and that's big in the production control world I mean uh, you know we you strive to get six Sigma you strive to get nearly perfection out of of the team and in order to do that you have to know where you, you have to know your data points you not only have to know where your parts are tracking wise but then you have to know uh, the effectiveness of the personnel running, the machine running, how how you know what's the fallout rate, what's the uh, you know co- coding cut up rate. There's there's mass amounts of data that goes into into tracking tracking hardware, and when you're talking thousands and thousands and thousands of pieces, the gut feeling doesn't doesn't really cut it. You need to you need to t- pareto it out uh, so to speak, and and tackle the big you know the big bolt the big buckets. So that's bullet point number four right there data analytics to to try to drive decision making something that's done both in the fulfillment world in in the supply chain and also done at the uh, uh you know in the operational level within the military so one other thing that i hit on or the next point that i hit on at the beginning was was planning and forecasting so uh definitely something that the military brings to the table hands down uh, is the ability to plan and forecast, and especially in aviation. I mean, all you, all you have to do is is, uh, is is look up what a Black Hawk pilot, you know, by, by definition is, and, and the jokes are out there that you know we kill trees because we plan and we plan and we plan and we plan and we plan every every turn, every point, every altitude. We have it on a on a PowerPoint slide. We have it on a on a Full eight by eleven sheet. We have it in kneeboard packets. What altitude? What uh, heading direction? What um, you know? How many passengers on board? What the weight's going to be? What how much fuel we're going to have? I mean, uh, th- that ties into the data side of the house, but it also ties into the planning and forecasting side of the house. And then, and then when you're talking uh, operations, you know, then you're looking at if well, you know, you got to do the the planning on the fly. That's where I go back to. To why aviators are so good at production control because rather than you're planning how many parts can I get through the line at any given point in time in operation and to maximize the flow of the hardware, were well, you doing the same thing when you know when, when I was in Iraq flying for seven hours doing uh, air mission requests, taking off and landing? I had my, my passenger manifest, but then I had empty seats, and I know I had to take on uh, people that showed up. Needing a flight to somewhere, so then I had to do. You had to do all that math and plan and forecast, often on the you know on the fly, so to speak, where you're looking at. Okay, well, if I have the next route, I'm going to drop off four people, add three people, uh, then the route after the spot after that, where this individual's uh, still going to be on our flight, I'm going to I'm going to take on another six people, and I'm going to drop off three people and then he's going to get off on the next flight. So am I going to have room to take one passenger, two passengers, whatever the case, and not kick off somebody who, who essentially has a ticket, so to speak? So uh, it, it, and it's, it's, it goes the same way. It, it, you're looking at uh, really your constraining operations, whether you're looking at it on seats seats on a helicopter or whether you're looking at parts moving through, through a line. So planning and forecasting, I think, is something that, that every personnel – in the military has done and brings to the table and, and really kind of looks at operations from from both a mission or execution level up to the strategic level and um and, and it's necessary at the production control or the material planning i mean that's a planning part of material planning title so uh i think that's that's probably potentially at least the the number one bullet the number one matching point where i think the military personnel and service members have this have a step up or a leg up over civilians when the, when it comes to applying to the job uh, a planning type job is is their ability to plan and that's bullet point number five planning and forecasting the ability to to have a plan uh, and and adjust that plan on the fly ultimately to accomplish the end state or the mission so to speak, so not losing sight of that end state, having a plan, planning in detail, um, but not being afraid to, to come off that plan to still accomplish the mission as necessary. So the other bullet that I hit a few times you probably keyed in on over was was strategic, I don't know, I call it strategic operations, strategic relations. It's understanding the big picture. Uh, and, and in this part flow, in a fulfillment side of the house, yes, I manage... Essentially, I manage the parts that are in between our four walls, so to speak. But uh, t- to have influence past that, I need to look at our customer and I need to look at the, s- the supplier. And then at-, at times, I'm looking at the supplier supplier. So I understand the true part life cycle or, or the part flow uh, outside of just you know the part or, or multiple parts that are in between you know, the four walls that I work in, so to speak. So, and on top of that, now I have 50 parts. Uh, my peer has 50 parts, and I have another peer that has 50 parts, another peer has 50 parts, and another peer has 50 parts, and another peer, whatever the case is, 200, 300 parts or whatever. Um, and, and there's still constraints uh, that you need to go through. So now you, now it goes back to the influencing side of the house. I have to work with my peers, and do I escalate this to my boss? Can we problem solve this together? Uh, and and what's right for the business as a whole? So, you get you get those individuals who come out from the military who's used to. Well, I'm not. You know, we're doing route security. Well, I'm not doing route security for the sake of. You know, just route security. Hey, this one route secure this road that I'm standing on is secure. I'm not worried about anything else. No, absolutely. You you your your company. Bravo and there's company alpha who's doing something else and you know area security there's company Charlie who's who's doing uh, movement to contact maybe and and they're the main effort so you, you understand where you fit in the big picture in the military you know two levels up is what we always say to understand that strategic level impact and um, you know even in aviation you we want to whether it's even understanding that you you understand when you pull the trigger, uh, and you potentially, you know, you're assessing the situation and you're trying to figure out if this is friend or foe, or what this individual you're monitoring's up to, and you pull the trigger, you know, and rounds land across the border, or or it's not an individual, or, or what you what you think, you know, what you, we've seen it on the news. I hate to say it, but you know, it's there's there's fratricide, or there's um, you know. Uh, bombs that are dropped off-target and, and they hit a school or whatever the case is. So um, it's understanding that, that there's strategic impact on the one small little operational decision you make that, that costs lives or potentially could cost lives. So the ability that, or that, uh, that a military personnel brings is to understand you know, their place in the organization and what their mission is but to understand how their mission fits into the big picture and and that's vital to business operations as a whole and and that's why it's important to, to production control and supply chain they need to understand when to push and pull on certain parts and who to leverage and what the what the impact is going to be and and then go ahead and tell the customer hey I'm, I'm impacting you in this way on this part but that's in order to support this bigger business need for you or maybe a different customer and here's here's my plan to make make it up Uh, and then and then they understand you know that you're making the best strategic decision for the organization so uh, I think that's vital uh, and and that a lot of military members bring to the table so bullet point number six that strategic uh, big-picture thinking that military folks bring to the table the ability to tie in everyday operations, the the minimal, you know, task, to to the strategic level to understand, you know, one tweak or turn here how it's going to affect uh, and make an impact on the business as a whole. So the next point I wanted to talk about is is customer service, and, and you see it in within the military, and, and it's important within the supply chain. You know. At, Everybody at the end of the day has a customer, mine is, is another internal customer, but at the, every decision I make is based on how I influence that customer and again, being a battle captain. I more or less look at it as I work for my customer, I don't work for my boss, uh, I try to meet my customers needs and my customers demands. Uh, and, and and you know there's there's wor- I have to work with them because you know we still have a business to run and and sometimes they don't all those needs and demands don't align and they don't make the most sense and you have to influence them and convince them that um, you know what you're doing is, is for the best in the big picture uh, but ultimately you're providing a service to them and in within within the military you know we're all providing a service to somebody you know I had a conversation the other day with with an individual named. Uh, Donnie LaGrange, he was a uh, MP, uh, MP officer, led a battalion, and, and we talked about customer service, and I said, well, you know, as an aviator, and we, we flew for the ground troops, you know, and I said, that's what we did. We, a, a, everything we did, our planning, our forecasting, our communication, it was all about what we can do to make their life easier. And uh, I, you know, I thought we were something special as, as you know, we were aviators. I mean, even our motto in Hawaii, in the unit I was in, was "We fly for the troops." And then I hear him tell me about the the military police perspective. And he said well, we had customers, customers were securing the rear, uh, and, and securing the communities to make sure that the individuals, uh, the soldiers, and the individuals and their families, they were secure, they were safe and secure. So. Uh, the community as a whole is our customer and I said wow I never really looked at that you know I just thought MPs is being you know I guess being being MPs being cops you know their job to police out bad people you know and put them in jail so to speak so not the not the community service if you will uh, side of the house so absolutely uh, and you can go down you can run down the list the logisticians that are moving fuel for for, com- for ground convoys or aviations the engineers who are who are uh you know securing roads and, and removing IEDs so so the infantry units can move through and then we Donnie and I actually had a conversation and was well what are the infantry units if we're all built you know around the, the boots on the ground what what do they do and I said well they're still they still have a customer and at the end of the day it's it's like it's like being in sales you know it's well, you sell it to your customer. Well, guess what? It doesn't end, you know, it doesn't end there. So, so look at aviation, you know, we make engines and, and the ultimate is we sold it to, you know, whatever, American Airlines, Southwest Airlines, whoever the, whoever the organization. It's not, well, that's our end customer. So we, we've now left the internal customer, we've gone external. Well, guess what? That external customer has customers uh, that they, they have people that they sell tickets to to get on the airplane and those people that are on the airplane they might be it might be a business person who's in sales who's going to sell a, uh, travel to you know s- uh, some place to talk to their customer so so it continues on and on uh, and in the same way in the inventory side of the house you know that the, they're they're supporting the the missions they're supporting the communities they're they're out there too you know take an area make it safe and secure so they're supporting the individuals in, in that community so you know the 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 moral of the story here is is that everybody within the military provides customer service and that customer service is key to the supply chain because it goes back to flowing that communication and understanding the strategic level uh, you do that, you can provide excellent customer service, and you can make decisions as a team and as an organization a bit more. So that's bullet point number seven: customer service. It's vital to to understand and know the customers' need and to service them to you know to a degree that keeps effective business operations uh, running through uh, running through your organization and that's the same you know in in aviation i alluded to it at the beginning you know we worked for the the customer on the ground but we still had other missions that we had to go accomplish from from our brigade headquarters uh brigade aviation headquarters so uh we had to have customer service and um uh you know a good sad but good example of that is we you know when we had an aircraft that was that was downed uh you know the, the infantry unit wanted to pull the aircraft off and then this was this was a few days afterwards uh, you know or a day or two afterwards they wanted to pull the our overhead coverage off that aircraft and um, go support other missions and, and they were our customer but we had our brigade saying no you will provide overhead coverage until the, the remains of that aircraft is removed off of you know off the side of the mountain and uh, so we had com- conflicting you know, views there, and we had to go back and convince them that the, the you know, that, uh, you know, we will still find a way to support your mission, but, you know, we, we have to accomplish this anyway. So, uh, customer service is something that that's been uh, used within the military. We might not throw the term out there often, but but we're definitely uh, each and every unit, individual, branch, rank provides it, and and it's vital to fulfillment operations. All right, so. The next topic I wanted to cover was relationship building. And that ties right into customer service, right? So so how can you provide a customer service um, without building a relationship? And I guess, sure, if you're, you're 100% right all the time uh, and you hit the customer's needs all the time and there's never really any issues and there's never really a reason to communicate, well, then you don't have to build relationships. But, I mean, that's not reality. So building that rapport... Getting to know your customers, your vendors, your suppliers, um, so so you can uh, understand when to leverage them, who to leverage them, how to leverage them. Uh, you know when when to when to flex what muscle, when to back down. You know all that strategic level uh, to operational level stuff I was talking about previously ties into that relationship building side of the house. So in uh, and, and, and like I said fulfillment, I have suppliers, vendors, and customers that I need to to build and maintain a relationship with to build trust um, and, and and allow them to empower us, not question us, take up take up more time with more calls and more discussions and more side conversations instead of out there executing. And this is done in the military side of the house as well. Uh, I, I go back to being a battle captain in Afghanistan. I had to build relationship with with multiple special forces units in our AO, had to build a relationship with two different ground units in our AO, had to build a relationship with an uh, a adjacent AO ground unit and, then, and then, then an adjacent AO aviation unit, had to build relationships. Uh, our battalion uh, was working for another, another brigade uh, when we were deployed to other brigades, half and half, so we had to build, we weren't organic, to that uh, that's that higher unit so we had to build relationships with that unit uh, and they had different operational techniques and tactics and procedures uh, that we had to learn and we had to sell them on arts what was working you know in theater for us or, or what we did or based on our strengths and weaknesses as the organization and the list goes on and on so um, you know relationship building you know something that's very key to to an organization as a whole, but I, but I specifically will go out there and say, aviation units who, who often don't deploy with the ground units, uh, they're stationed at home station with. Building relationships is key, and then f- certainly for special forces personnel whose whose whole job and task is to go out, you know, in advance or or behind enemy lines or however you want to look at it, and build those relationships with those those leaders in the the, the community um so I, that you know and 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 master that so so that can be leveraged so uh, you know there's two great examples on military personnel or military personnel groups that that will succeed in the fulfillment side of the house i believe because of building relationships And that's bullet point number eight, building relationships and, and the ability to do such so you can effectively have customer service, uh, so you can trust one another, so you can break down those walls and those barriers of communication, uh, and you can see the big picture together as a whole. So that brings me into the ninth point uh, that I wanted to discuss, and that's um, cross-functional leadership. And really all this stuff i've talked previously uh, i guess can really all be boiled under under cross-functional leadership uh and and it's it's that ability to to um, lead without authority and people think the military we all lead with authority well sure maybe potentially you know, I would say good leaders don't necessarily do that, but, but potentially you lead with authority by the rank structure that that's within the military, and that's necessary, absolutely, from time to time, but it's, it's certainly not something that occurs all the time. And in my situation, again, going back to being a battle captain, I had no real authority. Uh, I could reach out to the right people and press the right buttons um, if they agreed with me, if I sold it to them the right way. Um, but i didn't prefer to do that because that took time and effort and energy i preferred to use cross-functional leadership techniques um and that would be the the, you know to have the ability to track and and know the operational just to strategic level input have the data at my hand uh have the trust that i've built in the customer because i've uh, I, and have the ability to influence them because I've effectively communicated back and forth with them, and I've showed them the plan that I built. So, all that sums up into cross-functional leadership, and that's something that a lot of military personnel bring. Because, you know, guess what? Out of the 10 years that I was that I was in the army, I was let's see, a company commander for 17 months and a platoon leader for 13 months. So that's 30 months. 30 months out of out of 120 uh, months that I was in an authoritarian leadership position. The rest of it I, I was not. I, w- I had to influence people and lead through cross-functional leadership. And in the production control world it's exactly what I am. I have no direct authority. I have people that are responsible to our vendors. I have people that are responsible to our suppliers. Uh, I I, I our, we have, I have shift supervisors that are responsible to the people on the floor. Uh, so I, I need to cross-functionally lead through in each one of those individuals so we can accomplish the, the bigger picture the business need and the big mission. So bullet point number nine, which sums all that up uh, basically is cross-functional leadership. And that's the ability to build relationships, influence, communicate, provide services uh, through, uh, through planning, through analytics, uh, to drive you know, appropriate de- decision making at the operational up to the strategic level. And, and to do that, anybody who's been in military operations and, and specifically who's been a leader, uh, a, a non-direct uh, leader, uh, particularly you know, in, in the operations or in the S3 shop, Think that's a great fit for somebody to move into the fulfillment side of the house because they they've had used that ability to lead indirectly uh, it, through individuals. And then lastly that the, the last point I wanted to tie was operations management and it comes down to the three M's uh, man machine material and you take one of those out of the equation and you have an issue flowing parts through the line, and, and managing day-to-day operations. You know you need material to run, you need machines to run it on, and you need people to run it. So without one of those, you don't you don't have operations management. And, and the same could be said for for army aviators. Uh, so we have machines, we have helicopters. Uh, we have our material is is kind of the mission that we need to do. So we have, you know, Bambi bucket. Uh, do we have Bambi buckets to do the operations? Do we have uh, ropes to do fast rope repelling? Uh, do we have the fuel to even go out and fly the mission, you know? And then you have the manning side of the house. You have to train and develop, you know, pilots and commands and flight leads and air mission commanders, so to speak. So it's understanding that operational level and how it connects and affects that strategic level, but the ability to forecast and plan uh, those day-to-day operations is operations management, and that's what, that's what we are as, as leaders within the military and as aviators specifically, um, but but really any, any company commander, it doesn't matter if it's an engineer unit or a logistician unit, um, they're, they're managing some level of, of mission or material, machine, and, and Manning to accomplish, to, to go out and accomplish a task. So uh, it's, it's a great correlation and, and a tie into to and, and kind of a, a culmination of, of what a fulfillment leader needs uh, and, and what military personnel bring to the table. And that's the last bullet point, bullet point number 10, operations management. Uh, all, anybody who's been in any uh, kind of junior you know, company-grade leadership position uh, ha- has to balance and the need and the requirement to go out and execute a task, that man, machine, and material. Uh, and, and it's the same that goes in fulfillment operations. In order to uh, support your customer and deliver a product, you need to balance that man, machine, material. And, and aviators, I think, uh, are specifically good at that. Lay up, lay up, lay up. Hi-ho, lock and low. Well, thank you very much for listening today. Um, you know, go out. Please uh, visit my website, Uh You can read some of the blogs there. Uh, and you can find the links to the podcast, which, which ultimately lead back to Anchor at anchor.fm forward slash ryan uh, But you can search them. The, the podcast is on if you're you know, listening to this on, on Anchor, for example. Uh, it's on Spotify. It, it's on uh, Apple Podcasts. So uh, you know, please leave your comments, your reviews um, on Apple uh, you can go and leave it on the website as well. Uh, you can leave a voice message on Anchor, for example, and trying to gain feedback on, on how to make, uh, take topics like this and make this more beneficial to military transitioners so we can support them and, and, make, and bridge that communication back between the corporations and the military and the skills and, and really make the foxhole better. Uh, you know, leave it, leave it better for the next person. And so, so hopefully you, you've enjoyed this opportunity if you're either in supply chain management uh, and you're, you're an HR manager or a talent acquisition leader or a hiring manager. And if you're in the military and you're interested in fulfillment operations, supply chain operations, production control, material planner, hopefully you can you can take some of these key bullets and, and see where that uh, an individual uh, from the military might fit into your business or uh, as somebody in the military that, you know, you have some of these skills. You have these uh, ability to go out and, and fit into a position like this. It's just all about how you package it. So again, um, thank you very much. Uh, stop by my LinkedIn. Uh, I, I launched the View from, at View from the Skies Facebook company page as well recently. So, so take a look at that. Uh, if, if Facebook's your thing, uh, you can also follow me on Twitter at Ryan Sweeney315 and, and Instagram at RPSNY315. Please look for my blog, my blog as well on the website, as I mentioned, and, and be working on launching my, my vlogs here soon. So, uh, all this intended to help the military transitioner and the corporations bridge that communication ba- gap and, and make the Foxhole better for the next person. All right, that's it. Until next time, thank you very much.